Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to Encounter Grace. We're glad you're with us. I'm Jason McKnight, and I'm up here in the podcast studio with Ben Hendricks, who's always with us. Absolutely. We, uh, we can't get rid of them, but we love it. <laughs> and then today, we are super excited to be joined by Austin Gannett. He's our church planter in Greenville at Trinity Church Greenville, along with his wife, Amy, uh, dad of little Emmy, and, um, and just really one of the best thinkers that you and I know, and we know a lot of thinkers. Yeah, we, we kind of pawn his ideas off as our own a lot. <laughs> well, that's true, too. I was getting to that later, <laughs> okay. meeting bones. Austin, thanks for joining us today. Oh, so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to do a part two of an earlier episode. A few weeks ago, we did, it was episode 38, we did chewing the meat and spitting out the bones, and where I kind of prompted Ben to share with us a little bit of how he's navigated when you can, when you can learn from people you don't totally agree with and um, how you can grow and what you have to set aside and how you basically chew the meat and spit out the bones. Because here we are, we're all living in the world and you can't trust anyone infallibly except the Lord and his word. And so anytime you're reading beyond the word of God, which, you know, I say this Sunday mornings all the times, you can't take my word for it. <laughs> you have got to take the Lord's word for it and measure me by the word of God, even as I'm preaching. So let's talk about this a little bit more. Ben, I want you to set the stage, remind us of chew the meat, speed up, spit out the bones, and then we're going to draw Austin in for the, um, you know, for the home runs and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad I get to be the leadoff hitter for, for Austin. Uh, so last time, I mean, first, make sure you're, if you're listening to this one, go listen to episode 38. Yeah. That's the one, it, when we set a foundation uh, that we're going to build off today, and I'll, I'll cover that just pretty briefly, but uh, last month we looked at the, the big picture and saw what it, like, what's the ability to distinguish and separate meat from bone, that it's not only biblical, but it's also a part of our own maturity, that God has called us to this. This is something that we need to be doing so that we as Christians start with scripture because it's all meat, just yep. as you were saying. And as we grow, we can expand outward into things that can have some bone with it. And it's not because we're moving on to bigger and better things than Scripture, right? Mm. It's exactly what you were saying. It's the foundation of where we eat. It's the place where we get all of our nourishment. But because of life, we often have to step outside of a world that's just filled with absolute truth and have to distinguish meat from bone. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. Yep. We see this all the time. Uh, and so, I mean, when we're first saved, we drink from the fire hydrant of Scripture and we soak up as much as we can. But eventually we have to go back into the real world and wrestle with applying what it is that we've just read and what in the world do we do with it. Uh, I see this all the time in student ministry, especially when we come back mm -hmm. from camps. It's an entire week yeah. of a fire hydrant of scripture, and then you have to come back and you figure out, oh, what do I do with what I just learned? We see it all the time with our kids as we're teaching them, and they'll, they'll be in scripture and they know the right answer. But then uh, when maybe a friend asks them something that's very specific to what they may have just learned, I just had a parent tell me about this. Their kids go, well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. or and they they don't always decipher well mm -hmm. so you know we are grounded in god's word but we eventually go out and must be able to distinguish between meat and bone in other words who should i be listening to what should i be watching mm -hmm. how much authority should i be giving to this person mm -hmm. do i trust this source and so many other places in which we must distinguish 
And so Jason and I, last, uh, last month, we, we offered a simple framework, I think three simple guides or postures that we can take that help us better navigate a world that is filled with bone. And the first one was to eat broadly, that we need to be people who are eating from a wide variety of sources. Because my fear is that we find the meal that we most like and we only ever eat there. Mm-hmm. That we like the steak, but we never go off into the chicken. We never go off into the veal or whatever. <laughs> veal? The veal, yeah, yeah. It's fancy. Wow. I, I would have said hamburger. Yeah, fried I'm, chicken. I'm, I, have we not <laughs> learned by now how bougie I am? <laughs> but the second one is to chew carefully. That we need the, to know the reality that there are many things in life that do have bones. That mm. as we eat, we need to be people who are willing to go, hey, even what I'm eating, even though I think it's rich, even though I think it's hearty, it may still have bone. We need to chew carefully. But the third one is to swallow, or is is to chew carefully. The third one is to swallow slowly. Hmm. Again, the reality that the things that we're eating as we grow and they get more and more bone, that as we're chewing carefully, not to break a tooth on the hard bone, that we also don't swallow it because the difference between just chewing on and swallowing is when you chew on something, you're just testing it. Hmm. You can spit it out. But when you swallow it, you're making it your own. That's mm. good. Mm. And you're, you're just owning it. Yeah. So here's what I want to do today. Yeah, because you're using it to nourish you. Mm. Yep. That's good. I want to expand on the foundation, Jason, that we laid last month mm-hmm. and then ask a very simple question that I think can trip a lot of us up, and it's this. What do we do when there's too much bone? Mm-hmm. So in other words, what do we do when we're reading, when what we're reading, when what we want to watch or even the person we want to listen to becomes more bone than meat? Let me give you an example. I'll never forget when I first got saved was at the age of 21, I was starving to know God's word more. Like it, I, I would open up scripture and I just start in Genesis 1 because I had no idea where else to start. Want to just start at the beginning. It started there. I'll go there too. Mm-hmm. And I just ate and drank deeply from the well of scripture. And I, and I never lost that. But here's what I found is I wanted, I wanted more. And so I would find that there were certain places I just didn't know what to do with. Like, I didn't know, well, there's a problem here. How do you answer that? What do I do here? How do I understand this? And so I started looking into to, to supplements as well to add to it, not to replace it, but to add to it. And so I had friends who recommended a, a dynamic speaker who would always just say it how it is. And his name is Matt Chandler. And I, I just, I fell in love and I listened and got hooked. Mm-hmm. But as I was listening, I was like, okay, I, I, my, I, needed, I need more. I was like, I just need to, to listen to, to someone else as well. And so I had a relative who, who knew I was thinking about ministry, that I was having a passion for the Lord and reading God's word. And so he made a suggestion to me. And uh, he suggested a speaker who had content everywhere, books everywhere, podcast sermons everywhere. Mm. And I tuned in. His big smile, his encouraging demeanor, the way he illuminated a story and made me feel like it was just about me. I was hooked mm. on Joel Osteen. Wow, mm. yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. You know what's funny is right out of the gate, I learned so much from both of these guys. That God was using them, it felt, to grow me. I mean, my time in Scripture, I think that's where the real nourishment came. But he, God was using these moments. But after a little while, I started to look, and, I, and I, I started to listen. And I would notice these little differences. One would focus on Jesus and how that should impact how we live. The other would look to Jesus and highlight what we get. Mm. Over hours of listening, I began to see the focus, the words used, the tone, the destination, and the hope that these two men had. 
were drastically different things. One seemed to want all of Jesus. The other seemed to just want his stuff. Mm. And so though I was learning, though I was eating, though I was growing, I, with the help of others who would pour into me and kind of nav- and push me away from guys like Joel Osteen, eventually I saw the bones for what they really were, bones. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to walk away and find a different place to eat. So Austin, Jason, as you guys who are, are deep and really helpful thinkers, but also shepherds, mm-hmm. how do we as pastors help guide people who might be struggling in, in similar situations to this one? How do we help those who might be eating from places that are more bone than meat? Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Well, Austin, why don't you answer that? Why don't you tell us uh, how you've navigated that? And even because you're reading all the time. And I know you have to set folks aside at certain points when you're just not getting anything out of them and when they're going against what you know Scripture teaches, but maybe you didn't know that when you opened the book. When do you decide to set it aside or when do you decide to push through anyway? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, and I love a good metaphor, being an English <laughs> major in college. So I wanted to stick with the metaphor as I kind of was thinking through and praying about as we were going to have this conversation a little bit. Um, hopefully some more helpful tools as we're thinking about this conversation. And the first one that came to mind was that we also eat communally. So as believers, God has placed us in community with one another, with others in particular who are further along in faith, spiritual maturity, whether that be pastors, ministry leaders, or others. Um, So we eat communally. Um, Eating in isolation is never fun, but it's also really hard to figure out whether what you're eating is any good at all when you're eating in isolation. But if you're eating with community, you can discern, well, is this too salty? Uh, Is there too much bone here? Um, so you can reach out to those who are fellow believers in Christ and ask them, get their opinions and thoughts on this author, this speaker, this preacher, um, whatever it may be, and discern together in community. Um, so that's one way that I think is helpful in doing that. Um, I'd love you guys' thoughts, though, on this. Yeah. Well, I just think that's such a helpful metaphor. Uh, yeah. And because it's because I'm thinking of all the times where I've sat down to eat something, I'm like, well, this, who would eat this? This doesn't taste very good at all. But then I'm looking at everyone else, and they're loving it. I'm like, right. Well, maybe I didn't give this mm, enough, uh, enough shit. Like, yeah, and mm-hmm. you try it again. And then, I've, but I've also seen the dangers of people who are just eating alone, and they find that one vein and that one place, and it's, that becomes everything. Mm. And I, that, I think when we eat in community, it's, 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 it, it makes it easier to not find your one spot and to stay there, but to go, mm. oh, this place or this person that I didn't think was worth my time or worth the effort. Well, they're finding a lot of resource, and a lot of life here, and a lot of energy, and all that stuff. But, yeah. but maybe I need to give that another try as well. What were you mm-hmm. going to say? Uh, no, I don't even remember. But I'm okay. sure it was what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, no, it's good. But keep going. So eat communally. Yeah, eat communally, which goes along with eating broadly. Yeah, yep, eating broadly. Well. But you're around a dining room table mm. with people. Yep, with other people. Which is so different than the drive-through and you're alone in your car. Yes. Which is just yes. your yeah. point. Yeah. Eat communally. We're with one another. Well, yeah, right? and, and learning yeah. from one another. Yeah. We probably don't. We don't just stop for fast food too often when we're we're like we're in a big nice like group of people like that's when we you go don't get down. dressed up and, yeah. yeah you don't make a day it's that big group of people that are like hey you gotta try this restaurant because it's yeah. really good yes so eat communally I'm so hungry now yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know it's stuck with the food metaphor but we're gonna move out of that here okay uh, so eat communally the other thing that came to mind was discern prayerfully so discernment's the call on all of us as believers i think whenever we're um going into the world and we're trying to discern what's going on the lord calls us to discern and we have to do that prayerfully, Mm -hmm. um, seeking him first in prayer, also in community as well. Well, what is discernment? Um, In scripture, so much of discernment 
it seems talks about figuring out what's bad or what's not good, but also it's identifying what's good, um, mm-hmm. goodness and excellence, yeah. things that line up with who God is and his character and nature. And so I think that that's really what discerning is, is figuring out what's actually good. Um, Hannah Anderson actually wrote a great book, so here I am recommending a resource. She's an author, um, and it's called All That Is Good, and it's about recapturing the art of discernment as Mm -hmm. believers, something that I think is really difficult in the day and age that we live in. We are on information overload. There's more voices and speakers and information sources all around that are speaking into our lives, whether we realize it or not, and it's become harder and harder for us to discern and practice the art of discernment as believers. Because um, it seems to me that information is two or three steps a- farther away mm. from wisdom. Yes. Like yes. there's data and then there's yeah. information, but then mm. there's knowledge. And that's not even wisdom yet. Right. That's right. But like, and our problem is everybody just can Google and get all the info, but it's not yeah. even quite knowledge. And it certainly isn't wisdom. Mm. And, and what you're saying, discernment is wisdom. Wisdom. That's exactly right. Yeah, discernment in Scripture as we see it is wisdom. And so much of that wisdom is discerning what is good and right um, and lines up with God's character and nature. And so we want to do that prayerfully. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're trying to discern and sort through all these different resources or speakers or things, we want to do that constantly in prayer on our knees before the Lord with open hands, surrendering to Him and ultimately His Word. Um, again, things you guys mentioned on your first podcast, but just taking it a little bit further. I, well, yeah. Just to add, I, I, I love having discernment and prayer put mm. together because right. it's easy for for me, I, I'll speak for myself here, of being someone who can at times feel naturally gifted at discernment to put all of it on me, going, oh, I, you know, I'm I'm wise or I can do, like I've made this a right choice here before. I'll make it again. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to forget that, you know, I, I made that the right choice because I asked the Lord <laughs> and I didn't just come with it, come up with it on my own. The Lord in his grace and his kindness mm-hmm. walked me sometimes without even wanting to into that, into that, like goodness. And so I love that both of those go hand in hand. That, yeah. You know, we, we need both. Mm. And don't you think God wants to answer that prayer? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And we were just talking about this earlier this week. Yeah, that's such a cool thing. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. And I think just so important as we consider this conversation, as we take it a little bit, a step further maybe, um, I think the thing that we have to be careful with in discernment sometimes is that it's easy for us to stick in that one lane. So we talked a little bit about that earlier. But as we're discerning, sometimes we can wander into just our preference or the lane that we enjoy and not realize that also discerning sometimes challenges and pushes us because it's growth-oriented. We want to grow spiritually in the Lord. And so, I don't know, I'd love to hear from you guys how you have done that maybe in your own lives and walks with the Lord. How do you discern prayerfully, wow, without becoming maybe tribalistic or just Mm -hmm. accepting package wholesale of any one person, speaker, teacher? Yeah, Yeah, and and keeping it in the vein of spiritual growth Mm -hmm. and on on that side of it. Um, it's interesting, Eat Communally mm. has helped me because, mm. let's say, I trust you, like, because I know you and I know the Spirit's yeah. fruit in your life or you yeah. or whoever, yeah. you know, and, and then I see what you're reading or who you're listening to or you send me and you say, hey, listen to this podcast. And, and I wouldn't have gravitated there mm. and I might have even prejudged it before, like, you know, oh, but Ben likes it, Austin likes it, Kent likes it, Grant likes it. Yeah. Oh, let me try it. Susan likes it. Let me try that. Clyde Austin does this to me all the time because he yeah. reads very widely. <laughs> he does. And he has the time. It's, I can't wait to retire. <laughs> but he has the time. But he also reads, and he always says, I don't mind reading people I disagree with. 
you know, and that's mm-hmm. just helpful for especially me when I when I first came here and was a young pastor and thought, well, I got to protect the flock at all costs, which is true. Yep. But okay, let me change the idea of what protect means. It doesn't necessarily mean book banning. Yeah. <laughs> But it means prayerful discernment. Prayerful discernment, yeah. Anyway, that's... No, thanks. That's so helpful. And I think it's just helpful to hear from others, too. It's part of that communally practice mm-hmm. that we're trying to practice mm-hmm. here. Uh, well, the final thing that came to mind as I was kind of mulling these things over was also just walking in and trusting the Spirit. Right? So kind of like you were saying, as you first came in as a pastor, the temptation was, particularly in the role that the Lord had called you to, um, was just to protect and feel like, oh, man, do I need to just not recommend these things or you know, try to shoot down different ideas, but ultimately, if we believe um, that our brothers and sisters in Christ really are also walking in the Spirit, there's that trust aspect there that they are as well. There may be times when we need to challenge and push back. However, we also need to personally trust that the Spirit resides in us. The very Spirit of Christ that Scripture tells us maintains the bonds of unity mm, and of peace in our lives, good. but also in community yeah. um, as with fellow believers. And so um, that just felt like such an essential key there's a trust aspect and ultimately who we're trusting is the lord yeah. christ himself yeah. mm-hmm. um, at work in our own lives and so as we pray that's part of what we're doing as well i think yeah it's really good it is and that part's just so hard it, it is hard, hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. not easy yeah well let me throw a monkey wrench in to our conversation so so far mm-hmm. we've talked meat and bones we've talked um how do we navigate through you know when we eat broadly and chew uh, slowly, but then swallow very carefully. Yep. And then as you add in, sort of, yeah, okay, so eat with other people, eat communally, mm-hmm. prayerfully discern, and then the Spirit helps us and trust and walk in the Spirit. Okay, all of that we've been talking about, all right, I'm, I'm reading this given book, and there's some meat and some bones, and mm-hmm. how do I know if I can still learn mm-hmm. from them? And Okay, let me go another step. Let me take us in a bit of a different direction, because it's part of the meat and bones question, And it has to do with, okay, the book I'm reading, the sermon I'm listening to is fine. It's great. There's scripture laid out or it's truth. But now here comes the bones and it's not in what I'm reading. It's in the life that the person is living. Mm. So, uh uh-oh, Rabbi Zacharias died and all sorts of terrible stuff came out after that. What does that mean about how we should look at that? Mm. Or we all talked about at our staff retreat, the um, Mars Hill podcast about the rise and fall of Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll, who in what he said, there were some, there were some things that were over the edge, but a lot of what he said was pretty strong biblical truth. Mm. But the behind the scenes that nobody knew publicly until way later was terrible, power abuse and, and narcissism. Mm. Okay, so what do we do when there's a difference between the meat of the teaching and the bones of the life? Yeah. What do y'all do with that? Austin, I'd love to submit to you. <laughs> uh, no, it's a, well, it's a great one. And again, not an easy one to answer um, because really what we're talking about is that someone can get the gospel or doctrine right, but not live it out in their own lives. And so we're talking about character, which is something that's done often and something that you see most in community. So for a lot of these pastors, preachers, teachers, um, even writers of books, where you're not in community with them, that's, again, where that discernment key is going to have to come into key play. Uh, we're not living in community day to day the same way that maybe their um, community of the church that they're a part of or that they're overseeing as a pastor is. So we're not going to be able to see some of those character aspects in the same way. 
Um, but we need to be on the lookout for them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I think that Scripture teaches, particularly in Matthew 7, so right there towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about the fruit of someone's life. Um, and the thing that we often think of as fruit is not the way that Jesus is talking about it there. He's talking about aspects of character that line up mm. with Christ-likeness or with being like God. And so that character key really can, I think, not only disqualify someone as a teacher or as a source of information or source of spiritual nourishment in your own life, um, but it really kind of helps us discern whether or not we should listen. Um, so it's yeah. more than just the doctrine. It's also the doctrine lived out. So living out the gospel is just as important as getting the gospel right. And I think we have to keep those two in play as much as we can. Okay, so that's theoretical. Get mm-hmm. practical. What do you do with Ravi? With Ravi, yeah. So Would I you recommend his books right now? I'd be really careful uh, about recommending them. Not because I think I've read one of Ravi's books and I found it to be very helpful at the time. Um, so I never got to hear him speak or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on the whole, like, a lot of everything that I read in there lined up doctrinally. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, you find out about his character later on and these awful things that mm-hmm. happened um, while he was leading and teaching and these sorts of things. And it definitely makes me read him in a different light. So I look back mm-hmm. and I wonder, like, is what he's saying true if he's not really living it out in the right ways, um, the ways that we would say would line up with the gospel and teachings mm-hmm. that we see in Scripture? So I'd be really careful. I probably would go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. He's an apologist. Good, yeah. He's an apologist, and I think ultimately I would recommend another apologist. Ultimately, like to mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's just better meat elsewhere, right? So part of that going yeah. back to that conversation, I think. Which even though maybe Book X was written yeah. before, like you you know he you didn't start know. off bad, mm-hmm. and and all of us are in the like we can get on that path without tenderness and repentance before sure. the Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but he didn't. So maybe the book written 20 years ago is fine because, uh, uh, but I think also not only you can get something today from a different apologist without mm. the, uh, the hangover of it, sure. but also because the story today is now just about the failure. And it's like, mm. it's not that we're canceling him, but it's that, well, if somebody starts wanting to learn more, mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna stumble across this. And it's like, let's not, let's just grab let's another just grab apologist. Another. Yeah, yeah, sure. Grab another yeah. tool. Anyway, That's I my know. initial response. How about you, Ben? What, what's your thoughts? Well, my to answer really quickly, and then I'll expand a little bit. Is I just I always suggest to be really careful mm-hmm. around guys like that because I think if we think, and I love the vein you went to, and we talked about mm-hmm. this. I mean, a very similar idea of going back to what Jesus said: like the 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 life is an outworking of our theology, like mm-hmm. those things that we're holding on to, and so our life actually matters because it is the greatest example of what the theology we're actually holding on to is. So actions really are the residue of our beliefs. Like if you boil down what our beliefs are, what's left? It's our actions because that's what matters. And so when I look at guys like like Ravi, I look at some of their stuff and I'm like, man, it's so truthful. That was what was so convicting about uh, with the Mars Hill podcast. I looked at at his life and and his teaching, or I looked at his teaching. I was like, no, I believe that. I... I would teach some of that stuff. I think that's yeah. good. But yeah, a good amount of it. Some of it was excessive, yeah, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, But then I would also look at the way he treated people, the way he mm-hmm. led others, mm-hmm. the way he talked about women and others. And, and I would look at him like there's something, even amongst the whole pieces that are good of, the, of his theology, mm-hmm. there was something broken within the, the infrastructure of that. Mm-hmm. And the problem is we didn't know. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... I think it's exactly as you were saying, Austin, that theology, and, and 
uh, as a lady that we all know just wrote a book on, like theology is not more or less important than our doxology. Mm-hmm. Or theology is not more or less important than the way that we worship or, or what we're practicing. Mm-hmm. We need both. God wants us to be whole Absolutely. people. Mm-hmm. Not just good in one area and then bad in the other. Mm-hmm. He's making us whole. I see what he did there, by I the do, way. Yeah, a little yeah. shout out little for your, your wife's that's book. Right. I like it. I like <laughs> yeah, it. Fix yeah, your yeah, eyes. Yeah, that's great. All right, that's good. Ben love gets it. a free copy. He does, that's right. I love free it. copy, signed copy, maybe. We can do that. That's great. <laughs> okay, let me take us in a third direction. Meat right. and bones. Yep. We've done meat and bones in terms of spiritual growth. We've mm-hmm. done meat and bones in terms of good content, bad life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we've kind of wrestled there. Yep. Let's go meat and bones as Christians in a world. So, can you only learn from Christians or is all truth God's truth? And, uh, you know, how do we navigate, and, and let me give us two things, the entertainment world, so where where's their meat and bones there, and how do we know uh, sort of when, and then also the learning world. Like, we, we do, you do not have to have gone to a Christian university for us as Christians to want to read you. Like, we are fine to read everyone, but how do you navigate that? And, and, and we were just talking about yeah. this off, but Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life, really helpful book, I think. Yeah, I think, absolutely. you know, and, and not a Christian book at all. I mean, the whole thing is predicated on 300 million years of human evolution sure. <laughs> from lobsters, which I don't buy. <laughs> but I think yeah. his rule was good. It so, was, yeah. You know, so how do we do this? I mean, uh, let's talk about Christians in the world. How do we do the meat and bones as we're doing life, entertainment-wise, but also learning? Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, Again, all of this is done, I think, in humility and <laughs> with lots of grace. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of grace, I mean, the, we're kind of talking a little bit about like the common grace conversation. So all truth being God's truth and the fact that God's grace, not his saving grace, but his grace um, to all of those, the rain falls on the just and the wicked at the same time, uh, is at work in the world. And so when we encounter things like Peterson or even others and we see it line up with some of the truths that we see in Scripture, we can affirm that as a common grace from the Lord, a good thing. Um, But I think so much of it comes back probably to things that you guys, we were talking about in the first podcast that you all did. So much as we come back to the plumb line of Scripture, Mm. how does this align up? How does it align with the story of redemption in Scripture that God is telling, um, the truths that we see Jesus teaching um, and living out? And so we've always got to come back to that, I think, first and foremost. Yeah, it's good. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, to be very clear, because you asked the question, but yeah, all truth is God's truth. Mm-hmm. And just as you were saying, we can never forget that that plumb line is scripture and mm-hmm. we can always come back to it. I think one way to helpfully answer that is uh, is with a, a little bit of a perspective. Mm-hmm. Remember the first time I, I kind of grew up on some fast food? I mean, we were a little, we, we did some, <laughs> we ate some nice places, but we were fast food too. And, but I remember the first time I ever sat down for a, 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 like a multiple course meal and mm-hmm. you get the little weird spoon here and the, mm-hmm. this tiny little fork. And they're like, oh, there's like eight forks. Why are there so many? And so I, that changed my perspective on what you're expecting to eat. And so I think what course we're eating when we look at the world matters. Mm, that's good. And so here's, here's what I mean is we can actually handle more bone depending on the course that we think we're eating. Mm. So I won't break down all these different courses, but... I have three practical ones that may be helpful that there are snacks, there are main courses, and there's even dessert. So there are snacks or the, the place where you're just snacking, like you're it. grazing, yeah, you're kind yeah. of throwing some stuff, you're piecing it together. It's eating a little here and there, but you're not trying to get full. It's just something you're like, oh, I've maybe you just want to taste test it. You're like, oh, okay, I've, I've never really had much of this. Let me just try it. Mm. And, and so you're, you are consuming it, but it's just a little bit here and there. But then there's the main course. And that's the place you're really being fed. 
a place where you know you've been hungry and you snacked a little bit here and there, but now it's time to eat. Yeah, nourish. Yeah. And I'd suggest this is the place where we always, always, always need to leave exclusively for scripture. Mm. Now mm. we can at times put other things in there, but we always need to be very careful. But this is the place where you you don't want any bones. You don't, or you want very few. Because you can soak up God's word and be transformed here. This is the place where you're putting your life, like yourself on the line here. You're, and you're saying, I'm going to eat everything because I'm starving. I'm so hungry. But then there's a third one, which is dessert. My favorite. All of our favorites, I think. But this is a place for flavor where you just kind of enjoy what you're reading. Maybe, I mean, and maybe you put it like in some, some fiction here. I don't know. Or this is where you can put a new source or mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. it is. And you're like, I, you know, maybe you want to te- test taste it and you put that in snack. But the place where you just like what you're reading or you like what you're listening to, this is a lot of where we, put, we, where we should put entertainment. Like mm-hmm. it's probably not for nutrition. Like you're not mm-hmm. eating the ice cream or eating the cake or even the cheesecake or whatever it is and trying to get all this great nutrition out of it. But you enjoy the, fr- the flavor. You're not trying to have major growth yeah. from this place, and you shouldn't. You should never try to. Just enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. That maybe it's entertainment, maybe it's a show, and that the nice thing about when you place things into these categories, you're able to pass them a little bit more easily. Because yeah. when we start putting, maybe it's a TV show that we love to watch, and we, or maybe it's a news source, and we mm-hmm. start putting that in the main course. The second someone says something against that, well, that's that's my stake. Like that's the most important right. meal. Like that's where I'm getting my life. Like. And we start to often look like our main course a little mm. bit. But when we start putting that TV show or, or whatever it is in the snack or even in the dessert, and someone helps us go, actually, you may not want to eat all that. It's like, oh, okay, well, maybe my dessert's not that good for me, and I'll, you can move on mm. to something different. Mm. I think our perspective— Or you can just take it in the smaller yep. dose that it should be. Absolutely. So I think perspective matters. So when you approach a topic, what are you expecting mm. it to be? Is it a snack? Is it a main course? Or is it dessert? And you know, the world is always, I mean, the world is always discipling us, Mm. humans, every human. Like they're always saying, hey, here's life, (laughs) just follow me, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. they're always making it the main course, whatever they're offering. And of course, that's okay. Uh, Like, I'm not saying they're evil and demonic. I'm just saying that's why someone makes a TV show is because they want to give their best out there. And unfortunately, if we as consumers of it or as partakers of it, think of it as a main course. Uh, you know, news shows or or TV shows or Insta feeds or whatever, we're going to be trying to, you know, win Stanley Cups on cheese puffs. Yeah. Unnourished, yeah. And it's interesting how quickly we can put things into that main course. Mm. And how are they just kind of weasel their way in? Yeah. I, I'm often blown away by, by how quickly things make their way in there where I'm like, oh, I'm just snacking on this. Then all of a sudden it's, oh no, I've been eating from this place for a while. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful of that. Yep. Mm. All truth is God's truth. And so we don't, we don't say, oh, you only have to be on this approved list of authors. Like yeah. you can find mm-hmm. truth everywhere, but there's meat and bones. J.I. Packer has a great, um, a great helpful limit to that, <laughs> which is uh, any half-truth masquerading as the full truth is a complete untruth. And so that's the problem with the Joel Osteens of the world is not mm. that any given thing, that every given thing they say is wrong, but it's that they're not telling the whole gospel, mm. yeah. at least in what they're putting out broadly. Mm. And that's what's wrong with the world. It's not that they never stumble across good things, but it's that they're saying, oh, this is all you need. And it's just not true. Mm. It's just not true. So we're trying to guard. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to yeah. say amen. Yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're so trying good. to. I love that J.I. Packer quote. A half truth masquerading so as a good. whole truth 
is a complete untruth. We're trying to guard against being fundamentalist. Mm. We're trying to think Christianly so we can live Christianly mm-hmm. and encounter God's grace in the world. And so that's why we're wrestling with meat and bones. Mm. As you, I mean, as we've talked about before, it's always easier to live by law. Than and by so when we're just mm-hmm. making hard cuts on things and go, you can't read yep. this person, you can't listen to this. It's so much easier, mm-hmm. but yeah. we can't live that way. No, we can't. Yeah. That's true. Chewing's hard work. Hey, that's <laughs> good. All right. Well, there. that's it, man. That's, that's, it, that's, yeah. that's the hashtag. Chewing's hard work. Austin, thank you for making the time to come in today. Thank you for having me. It's great. And Ben, as always, and folks, thanks for sharing with us and joining us. Uh, we'll see you the next time. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.